attendance. You're one for one. So you got a good start. Let's sing together. I heard a long story. How the Savior came from glory. victory in Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you're one of our Sunday school teachers, would you stand up, please? Sunday school teachers. There's one. There's two, three, four. Where's the others at? There. Okay. Now stay standing. I'm, I'm looking for some others. Are all of them standing? None of you. None of you. Okay. All right, now the rest of you look around and see who these people are. Every one of these people has a class that will either fit you or your family members. And so we want you in Sunday school next week. 
And all the teachers said, okay. Thank you. We're doing things a little bit different today. We want to give you an opportunity to enjoy some special guests we've got today. I'm not going to tell you who they are. I'm going to let you figure it out when they get up here. This is our friend Chris Pope and Melissa Adams. We're so honored to have them in worship with us today. We've got a new song that we worked on this morning. He just put a mint in his mouth, and I have been there before. We're good. been good to you? Me too. Me too. Lately I've been looking back along these winding roads to the old familiar markers and the mercy I had known I know it may sound simple but it's more than I can explain there's no other words to tell you than to say go to sleep each night. Sure, I've had my share of hard times. By my side, he's always When I cried those bitter tears Oh, but I felt his arms around me As I faced my darkest fears I've had more gains than losses And I've known more joy than hurt As his grace fell all around me So undeserved Cause God's been good In my life I've been blessed beyond my wildest dreams As I go to sleep each night Sure I've had my share of hard times By my side he's always stood But through it 
Father, He's my Savior, He's my friend. His love was my beginning, and His love will be my end. And I could spend forever trying to tell you everything He is. But the best thing I can say is, God's been good in my life. I've been blessed beyond my wildest dreams as I go to sleep each night. Sure, I've had my share of hard times, but my side is always stood through it all God's been good sure I've had my share of hard times by my side he's always stood through it all God's been forget the song. Hey, if you're here today and visiting with us, we are thrilled that you're here, and you should have been given a connect card when you come in. It's a big, great, big red thing. If you were not given that red card, in front of you there's a connect card in the pew. We ask that you fill it out and uh, leave it on the pew or put it in the offering plate. We're so glad you're here. We're going to give you a, a moment to, uh, to greet one another. We're going to ask that you stand and uh, find one of those Sunday school teachers. Find some of those folks you haven't met before, folks that you haven't seen in a while. And just say, we love you so much and we're glad you're here. Go ahead and greet one another.
Churches are are uh, sometimes known for uh, just taking offerings. Seems like every time we turn around, we need an offering for this. We need an offering for that. I don't see it that way. I see it as a privilege, as a pleasure, as an honor. I can't possibly pay back to God all that He has given me in terms of health and time and blessings and money but I can do a little bit and that's what we're doing today as we give our offering we're doing that little bit some of us can do a little bit more and that's good we ask you just simply to give and to give with a joyful heart knowing that God will take that and multiply it in a tremendous way let's pray Father, what a joy it is to be in your presence, to be in your house, to be with your friends, to be with our family, and to simply give back. Bless those that give. Bless those that can't give. Bless what's given. In Jesus' name, amen.
inside and saw his bones I traveled on to see Muhammad he's still wrapped up in his grave clothes but then I journeyed to a garden where old Joseph left him lay the precious lamb God's own begotten he was no longer in that grave if you knew him like I you would know that he's alive if you felt him like I feel him resurrection deep inside you know he's living and dead has died if you're wandering in the darkness come and step into the light his nail scarred hands reach out to help you to pull you safe from death to life listen friend I too have stood where you stand could I trust in things unseen but just one step in his direction then in i 
was awesome. Lee Martin just said that if I better get up there quick or he's going to get up here and preach after music like that. So that's good. Thank you to Chris, Melissa, and Eric uh, for singing this morning. Did you guys enjoy them? Yeah, great. I love, uh, love those singers and I love what they sing about because that is so true this morning. Uh, turn in your Bible to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. We're going back. Second book of the Bible, the Old Testament. We're going to be talking this morning, preaching about moving from your comfort zone to your calling. Some of you are about ready to walk out already. You worked really hard to get into that comfort zone and don't want anything that might move you out of it. But uh, I'm excited this morning uh, that God has a calling on our lives and something for each of us to do. So Exodus chapter 3, um, my day job, I, we do ministry in the marketplace. We're out working with businesses and schools and groups teaching leadership. And I get an opportunity to do it a lot with young people. So with elementary school students or high school students with Chick-fil-A or the Atlanta Braves and it's interesting when you deal with young people, they're all the time, they're looking for what their purpose is. What's their calling? What, what is it that God has created them to do? And over the last couple of years, we've begun to do this a lot more in corporate contexts. We've been with adults and teaching leadership with businesses. And what's fascinating is I would assume that the older people wouldn't be as curious, but in fact, they're every bit as curious as young people maybe even more, looking for what God would have them to do in their life. Looking for their call. A lot of times you'll see older people, they'll ask kids when they come down here, they'll say, hey, what do you want to be when, they, when you grow up? And you think that they're curious, but most of the time it's that they're looking for ideas. They're, they're trying to figure out what they might could do at some point in their life. And this morning I want us to look at the calling that God has for every single one of us. Mo- Exodus chapter 3 we're going to read verse 1 through 10. Now, just quick context. Before we've arrived at this point, Moses has been born. He's a Hebrew. He's an Israelite. He was born at a time in Egypt where uh, the king had said that any Hebrew boy must be killed. And so many of you know that story, but Moses' mom ended up saving his life. She hid him for three months, and when she couldn't hide him anymore, she put him in a basket sent him down the Nile River. He ends up being adopted into the king's family. He was rescued, saved. And when he was 40 years old, Moses thought it was his time to do what God had called him to do. It's what he thought. He ends up, out of anger, murdering somebody. And at the time we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3, Moses has now, after fleeing Egypt, he has now been for the last 40 or so years in a place called Midian where he has gotten pretty comfortable with his life. First verse of chapter 3 says, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. So Moses has gotten married. He's now with his father-in-law's Jethro. 
He's in Midian, and he's starting, he's just a shepherd now, and he's starting to move these sheep around the mountain. And in verse 2, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Moses moves around the backside of the mountain. He sees the bush. The bush is on fire. The bush isn't burning up. And look in verse 3. He says, and Moses said, I'll now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. By the way, Moses is just here with the sheep. So he's either talking to the sheep or talking to himself at this point. And he said, I got to go see what's happening over here. And in verse 4, the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, and God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he, being Moses here, said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Draw not nigh hither. Let me translate that for some of you that don't aren't used to the King James here. So when he says, draw not nigh hither, he's saying, hold it right there. Or if he was a cowboy, he would have said, now hold your horses. Stop, stop right there. And he said, put off your shoes from off of thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Verse six, Moses, moreover, he said, I'm the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrows. Verse 8, I come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of the land into a, a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, under the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. I don't see any termites in here. Verse 9, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10, Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth the people, my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Let's pray. God, help us to steward this moment this morning. God, let us not waste any time. Help us to focus on you. Help us to, to, to learn from your word this morning. God, I pray that, that, God, I would become lesser. God, you would become greater. And God, during this sermon, God, that you would speak from your word so that we could see you in a different way. God, we'd see ourselves in a different way and we'd leave here this morning different because of an encounter with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we're looking at what Moses was doing, God calling Moses from the burning bush. And I want to talk to you about five things about your calling this morning. If you're taking notes, you just got a good memory, here's some, some good things. I know some of you definitely need to take some notes. So five things about your calling in your life this morning. The first one, which is really important, you can't miss this one, is that there is a calling on every single one of our lives. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. It doesn't matter what your abilities are. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. God has a calling on every single person's life. Uh, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, I press toward the mark for the high calling of the prize in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. When I grew up here, the choir used to sing a song and the lemmings used to sing a song that Doris did where she'd say, I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize in Christ Jesus. 
The Bible says that we press toward the mark for the calling, the high calling on our lives. Okay, the word press is not that exciting to me, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I would really like if it said I coast toward the mark for the high calling or I cruise on or I just walk on toward the mark. But the word press means that there's going to be seasons where things are not easy, where things are tough, but we've got to press on to the calling that God has on our lives. And he has a calling for every single one of us. I want to interrupt your regularly scheduled Sunday morning service to make sure that you know there is a calling on your life. A lot of people get confused. Like, what, what does this word calling mean? This, this, this sounds, it's kind of, I don't, I don't understand what my calling is. Calling is really this. It's an invitation from God for your participation in his purpose. It's an invitation for your participation. God is calling you this morning, inviting you to participate in the plan that he has for your life that's part of the greater redemptive work of Jesus Christ. So number one, really importantly, there is a calling on every single one of our lives. All right, but number two, not only is there a calling on our life, but our calling requires us to get out of our comfort zone. See, Moses, when you show up at this scene in Exodus chapter 3, Moses had thought his time had come when he was 40 years old. He thought that that season was over, and he, at now 82 years old, had gotten pretty comfortable. Being a shepherd wasn't so bad of a gig. He was married, his wife's dad was the priest so that that worked out pretty well and Moses was pretty comfortable where he was anybody ever gotten comfortable where you are and what's interesting is that as God calls him he's he's saying so many times we think that being comfortable means being better and the truth is that when we move from our comfort zone to the calling God has for us, it's way more exciting than anything we could ever experience inside of our comfort zone. So I grew up, I enjoyed going to the zoo when I was younger. It's fun to watch George, our son, at his age because he is really enamored with all the animals. He, he knows that a cow says moo, ducks say quack, quack, and then he knows that a sheep says ba. And everything else says bah too right now. So nothing else says anything else. Last night we were at Out to Eat and uh, they asked, what does Dada say? And he said bah. So um, that's, we like, you know, as a child we like these animals. It's interesting, I really enjoyed that. But as I, uh, a few years ago, had the opportunity to go to Africa. And one of the really interesting things in Africa was the opportunity to go on a safari. To be in a jeep open air, and you're out there in the wild where these animals are. It's a whole lot different than seeing them behind a cage. And we had these game drives, and on the last morning, we were about to leave, and it had been really fun except one problem. We had never gotten to see an elephant on this trip. Now, you wouldn't think that elephants are really elusive creatures that would be tough to see, but this one, we couldn't find them. And on the last morning, we're about on our way out, and they tell us we're going to have to leave. And as we're heading back to the camp, there we see it. There's the elephants. Some big parents and some baby elephants, and we kind of pull up right in the middle of them. 
But normally you would sit and park and hang out for a while. This time we couldn't. We had to be on, we had to go. And so we waited a few minutes and then the driver put the car in, in drive and it spooked one of those elephants. And that big mom elephant started to kind of do the hoof thing. I don't know if it's really called a hoof. I don't know what it's called. It was a real big foot. <laughs> and it was, it locked eyes with us. And we had a death grip on the side of the Jeep because that thing could have taken care of us real quickly. And it was crazy. We ended up, we, we stopped. He turned the car off. We just waited. He said, don't make eye contact with it. Um, we waited for a few minutes. It kind of, the si- situation de-escalated. He kind of reversed out and we moved on. But I'm going to be honest, and it's, it's at the risk of sounding like a brat, but it's not as exciting for me to go to the zoo now. It's like it's just not the same when the elephant is behind the big cages. It's, it's not quite as exciting because once I've experienced something out in the open like that, it, it's, it's just, it, it's an experience unlike any other. Once you experience, you can't unexperience it. When I go to a zoo now, I think about the fact that I wonder if many of us as Christians have become like those animals at the zoo. We've traded in the wild for the comfort of a cage. And we've walked willingly into a place where we're not out in the open, we're not out where we we were created to be, but we're there, we get fed every day, we get what we want, and we've traded. Many of our churches are allowing Christians too easily to trade the calling God has on their life for the comfort of a pew. And, and many of us are letting our culture rather than our convictions dictate the course of our life because we've gotten okay with being comfortable. And in this verse, what we see here is that God is trying to call Moses out of a place where he's comfortable and say, I need you to come to the plan that I have for you in your life. He wants Moses to get to a place where he's no longer satisfied with the mediocre and the mundane but that he is doing what God has uniquely called him to do. If you look at the next verse, after verse 10, verse 11, it's interesting because Moses says to God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses is saying, me? I don't think so. And, and Because he was comfortable where he was, but God is telling him, that if you are going to do what I'm calling you to do, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone to accomplish what my purpose is for your life. So number one, each of us have a calling on our life. Number two, our calling requires us to get out of our comfort zone. Number three is interesting. Your calling might be an answer to someone else's prayer. I want you to think about that. Your calling... What God is actually calling every single one of us to may actually be an answer to somebody else's prayer. If you take your Bibles, which is where we were, we started in verse 1 of chapter 3, but let's go back to the end of chapter 2. You go to the end of chapter 2, verse 23, and it said, It came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up to God by reason of the bondage. So what you're seeing here is that these children of Israel, something has happened, the king has died, and they're crying out to God. 
24 says God heard their groaning. That's good news for every single one of us this morning. That when we're in a season of hurt, when we're in a season of challenge, that God hears our groaning. I saw the news that uh, Charles Sullivan has passed away. That family is in a season of hurting. And what God tells us is when we're in a season of groaning, that God remembered, it says here, God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, verse 25, and God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. God looked at them. One of the other versions of the Bible says it this way, and God looked at the children of Israel, and God knew. That's what it said, God knew. He knew that they were hurting. Okay, but it's interesting what happens here. Children of Israel are hurting, Children of Israel cry out to God. God doesn't answer the children of Israel. Which is a problem for them because I expect when I have a problem and I cry out to God, I would expect that God would respond to me. But if you look at the scripture, what happens here is children of Israel have a problem. Children of Israel cry out to God. And God starts talking to a guy named Moses. Okay, children of Israel cry out to God. God starts talking to Moses. Children of Israel cry out to God. God starts talking to Moses. There are times where I'm not getting the answer I want, and maybe it's because God is trying to convince the answer to accept the assignment. That God is trying to get Moses to do, just because God isn't talking to me about the problem doesn't mean he's not working on the answer. And so that's good news for every single one of us that have a challenge or a problem. We're crying out to God as we're crying out to him. Even if we don't hear what he's saying, God may be working on the answer. But it also is convicting for us because it means that many of you who've decided to trade the comfort, you've you've decided to trade your calling for the comfort of a pew on Sunday morning. And as God has nudged you and he's encouraged you and he's speaking through his word for you to do something, and you're choosing not to do it, and you're saying, my disobedience only affects me, that's simply not true. Because what the Word of God is saying here is that as God is talking to you, your calling may be the answer to somebody else's prayer. That his nudging, his encouraging, his, his asking you may be something that somebody else... By the way, did I mention that Moses was 82? Because Moses at 82 said Moses at 40 was ready. But Moses at 82, probably tired. And it'd be easy to say at 82, hey, it's time for the younger ones to step up a little bit. My season's passed. I'm out here, God. I I did my shot. I put in my time. I paid my dues. Some of you are getting real uncomfortable right now. (laughs) But at 82, God was telling him, I've got an assignment for you for the calling on your life and your calling could be an answer to somebody else's. There's a people that feel unheard. They feel abandoned. And then Moses shows up unannounced because God had been working on the answer. So this morning, if you're hurting, know that God could be working on the answer. But for most of you this morning, if God's working on you, your calling may be an answer to somebody else's problem.
somebody else's prayer. Number one, God has a calling on your life. Number two, your calling requires you to get out of your comfort zone. Moses had to get out of his comfort zone. Number three, your calling may be an answer to somebody else's prayer. Number four, there may be a season between your calling and your commission. So this is interesting because God has called Moses, but there may be a season where if you actually think about it, even in the 40 years, 42 years he was out there, God was preparing Moses for what he had for him. David was prepared when he was out tending sheep for his battle with Goliath. And then after he defeated Goliath, he went back to work before he became the king because God was preparing him. It doesn't always happen just like we want it to. It doesn't always happen immediately. In fact, look here. Exodus chapter 3 is where God calls Moses. But you've got to go all the way to Moses, or Exodus chapter 12 and verse 31 where God says, Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night, and he said, Up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you had said. Okay, calling in Exodus chapter 3. Then we got Exodus 4, Exodus 5, Exodus 6, Exodus 7, Exodus 8, Exodus 9, Exodus 10, Exodus 11, and half of Exodus 12 before God took the calling that he had for Moses and commissioned him out to go and do what he had called him to do. Sometimes the test of your faith may not just be in the size of the obstacle, but the length of time that God has you wait. Some of you have been in a season of waiting, and your faith is, can you wait for God over the long haul? God's calling you now, but there may be a season between your calling and your commissioning. By the way, just when you think about things, I think that was a good reminder for me about some things happen immediately and some happen incrementally. As I was studying for this, as I looked and I kept reading and read about the Red Sea crossing where Moses did that, I think in my mind growing up here in Sunday school, I always just thought Moses raises his arm and the waters part and they walk on a cross. But if you actually look in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 21, I'd never seen this before. Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all night, turning the seabed into dry land. 14:21. the wind blew all night. That means our miracles sometimes don't happen immediately, they happen incrementally. That God uses a season in between for something that he's called us to do to actually come to our commission and what he wants us to do in our life. So number one, there's a calling on your life. Number two, your calling requires you to get out of your comfort zone. Number three, your calling may be an answer to somebody else's prayer. Number four, there may be a season between your calling and your commissioning. And number five, your calling is not based on your adequacy but on your inadequacy. Okay, I want to I make sure you get this part. So your calling is not based on your adequacy. It's not based on your ability. It's actually not even in spite of your inability. Your calling is because of your inability, because of your inadequacy. 
You've heard it said before, God doesn't call the equip. He doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. As he calls us, he then prepares us to do it. Moses says here, Moses in, in verse 11, just look at it again. Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses said, I can't do this. And God said, that's exactly why I want you to. Because you can't do it, you won't try to do it without me. And because you can't do it, once I do it, I I use you to do it, you won't try to steal my glory at the end because you're doing only what you could have done because of me. So when God calls us, he's calling us because of our inadequacy, because of our inability to do it. And in our lives, if you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, I'm really comfortable, maybe God is asking you to get outside of your comfort zone. Maybe some of you have been comfortable for far too long. And there is a world around us that is lost and looking for a Savior. They're looking for hope. They're looking for something. And we're decided that we'd rather be comfortable than do what God has called us to do to reach this community. Some of you... It's not just you don't want to be comfortable. You're, you think that not doing your calling is only affecting you when in reality your calling could be an answer to somebody else's prayer. Some of you for your calling, you've been called a number of years ago and you're saying, you know what, I think that season has passed, but maybe God is saying there's a season between your calling and your commissioning. That 42 years or that time that... Once I've called you from the burning bush, there's still a season before I'm going to have you ready to use you. Even with Moses in his 80s, and your calling is not based on your adequacy, but on your inadequacy. As Eric and the musicians come this morning, here's what I want to ask you. This is what I want you to think about. How many of you know somebody you know somebody who does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How many in here? God's calling you. How many of you know somebody that's hurting? Maybe God's calling you for that. How many of you, maybe this is where you go to church, maybe you go to church somewhere else, but you know there's a need. There's people looking for somebody to step up and help. And maybe God's nudged you or he's encouraged you or he's called you to do it. And maybe you've decided that you'd just rather sit on the sidelines instead of moving to the front lines of what God has called you to do. If you've used the excuse that you're too old, don't get to use that excuse anymore. If you use the excuse that you're too tired, that you've already done it, that you're going to wait for something, that you don't have the resources, that you don't have the talent, none of those are excuses. Because what God is telling us in his word is that there's a calling on our lives. And my question is this morning, will you respond to his calling? This church, this community, this country, our world needs every single one of us to respond to the calling God has on our lives. An individual calling that we'll respond to I'm going to pray, and after I pray, if you'll go ahead and stand. Actually, go ahead and stand right now as we bow our heads and close our eyes. If you need to accept the assignment, 
I hope you'll move this morning and decide to do that. That you won't wait. That you'd publicly decide to say, I'm willing to accept the assignment, the call God has on my life. Let's pray. God, thank you for an individual call. Thank you that, God, that you choose to use us. God, you don't have to use us. But God, you allow us, you invite us to participate in the calling you have for every single one of us. God, I pray that every individual in here this morning would accept the assignment you have for them. God, that they wouldn't leave here today until they decide they fully commit in 2020, I'm going to accept the assignment that God has on my life. God, help us to move this morning and to walk out of here fully accepting our call. In Jesus' name, amen. As they sing, if you have a a calling and you know you have not done what God's called you to do, would you come? In the dark of the midnight have I oft hid my face while the storm howls above me never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Brother Lee is down here, I'm down here. If you've never accepted the first calling, which is the call for salvation, my hope is that you wouldn't leave here this morning without doing that. Some of you may be fulfilling your calling, but maybe you just need to re-enlist. You need a reminder that you're not ready to give up, that you're recommitting, that you're redeciding, that you're going to serve God in this year. If you want to pray that this year, that 2020 would be the year, your best year yet, because you fully surrender to the call of God, I'd love for you to do that this morning. Whether that's at your seat or down here, would you accept the call on your life as they sing another verse? I'm Satan whispers, there is no need to try. For there's no end of sorrow, there's no hope by and by, but I know Thou art with me, and tomorrow
passes over till the thunder sounds no more till the clouds roll forever from the sky hold me fast let me stand in the hollow of thy hand keep me Invitations we give many times in our worship service are for those that don't know Christ, those that don't know the church, don't know the neighborhood. There's another invitation. That's for folks who, uh, who want to know the church, who want to know the neighborhood. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home. It could be Eastwood. You could say this morning, you know, I want to invest my life into the ministry that Eastwood is providing. So we're going to sing another verse. If you're here today and looking for a church home and you're wondering if this is the place, I can tell you, this is the place. All you need to do is respond and say, yes, Lord, I want to be a part of that family. You come as we sing this next verse. When the long night has ended and the storms come no more, let me stand in thy presence on that bright and peaceful shore. In the land where the tempest never Some of you have wondered, we've had such wonderful singing and such a marvelous message and such great fellowship, but something's missing. Announcements. Heather. Okay. Um, I have a couple, so bear with me. Um, First of all, this Saturday is our women's kickoff, prayer breakfast, secret sisters. We're doing it all. So um, we're going to meet here at 930 in the fellowship hall. Everyone's welcome. Ladies, I guess, are all welcome. Um, I was just going to say I put sign-up sheets in both floor years um, if you want to sign your name and, like, what you're bringing because we need everyone to bring some kind of breakfast food so we can all have a giant big um, breakfast to share. Um, 
The other thing we're going to be doing is Secret Sisters. And so um, if you cannot make it Saturday, but you still want to be a part of the Secret Sisters program, I have forms um, so you can come see me. I'm going to sit up here in the front after church here. Um, so you can come pick up your form if you're not going to be here Saturday. And you can fill out for your Secret Sisters if you want to be a part, but you can't make it. Um, and then next Sunday after church at 1, um, we're going to do a baby shower for Liz and Daniel Richardson. Um, Daniel, I'm going to have you wave. So this is Daniel. <laughs> um, he's been helping upstairs with Melissa with the kids on Wednesday nights. And his wife, um, Liz, sings in the choir, so you've probably seen her around. Um, but we're going to do a shower. They're going to have a little girl here in February. And so um, I also have a money bag if you want today's the last day to give money to their shower. So if you want to see me after church, I can also take money for Nick Barnes. His shower is going to be Saturday after that. So I can take money if you want to give money to either of those showers. And Melissa wanted me just to mention real fast that if you would like, if you're coming to the shower on Sunday, if you would like to bring a finger food to share with everyone, um, you're more than welcome to bring a finger food with you. Thank you. The other announcements that are in the bulletin, I assume most of you can read. There are pictures for those of you who cannot. And you look at that bulletin and you'll discover what those announcements will be. I have another one that was given to me that says the Joy Club uh, will be meeting on the 14th and it's soup day. That means you bring your favorite soup, dessert, be a part of what goes on with that group. Kevin, would you take uh, Chris and uh, where's Melissa? Where is she? Y'all go back to the door back here, and I'm not telling you to leave. I'm telling you to go back here so people can greet, greet you as you go back that way. And then I'll close in a word of prayer. One other announcement, yes. Did you hear that? You didn't hear that. How many did not hear what he said? Get up here. Come here. Come here. Now, that doesn't mean you get to preach just because you're standing here. Uh, Doug and I, Doug, raise your hand, Doug. Everybody knows Doug pretty much. And I'm David, if you don't know me. Uh, we're taking over the Men's Brotherhood for this coming year. We're going to be starting back on the second Saturday in February. It'll be the 8th at 8 o'clock. We invite all the men to come. Uh, we have a really good time. We haven't been having one in uh, some time. We've kind of had a lull there, uh, but we are starting it back up on that Saturday, so we invite all of you to come. We're looking for a great year, uh, and like I said, again, I'm putting Doug under the bus. If you don't like what's going on, you can blame him. Amen, Doug? No. But uh, we, we do invite you to come. Hope that you'll come out, and uh, is Rick here? He's... There you are. He'll be uh, heading up our breakfast for us. He does a wonderful job, him and the other men that help him cook breakfast so we have a really good time in that and a good word uh, be brought to us in that morning a good fellowship so we invite each of you to come out stand with me and we'll have a word of prayer thank you father for this day and for all that we've experienced and father for all that we're about to experience because of our commitment that we've made to you and father that our calling will drive us to make that commitment valid 
Father, we know that there are some that may not understand that they are called, but Father, we pray that as we've listened this morning, as we search scripture, as we search our hearts, Father, that we realize that you have indeed placed a calling upon all of us. Help us now, Father, as we move toward that commissioning. We pray all of this in Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. Amen.